Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Let's continue our conversation with Dana World Patterson of the Human Trafficking Task Force of Greater Milwaukee and survivor leader and advocate Laura Johnson. If you missed episode one, you will definitely want to go back and have a listen. To begin, Dana explains how the task force and her organization, Foundations for Freedom, prepare young people to face the challenges of human trafficking. How do you try to prepare these young women to meet these challenges? I mean, how can you reach every 13-year-old girl in the city of Milwaukee? It's a broad net. We have to cast the, the net very wide, very far, because I believe that prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. And it's not the way you look, because this is something that's happening inwardly. And if we just focus on the outer appearance, we're going to miss, who knows, thousands, millions of people, if we just look on the, on the surface. So... One thing that we do is we go into the schools. I know that I'm here representing the Human Trafficking Task Force of Greater Milwaukee, but my org, Foundations for Freedom, we go into the schools. If 13 is the average age that girls are trafficked domestically, then I believe it's important to meet them where they are, not expecting that they're going to come to us. So we start with building your self-esteem and your self-confidence and your self-worth so that you know what it feels like to, to be valued and to have that inner self, inner, the inner knowing that I'm, I'm worth a lot. Then in the seventh grade, we then introduce human trafficking to the conversation. So once we build the inner man, now we're introducing the concept of human trafficking so that the trafficker or the groomer, they'll know, "Mm, uh, uh, stop, 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 I have heard this before, this is nothing new. Plus being coupled with my esteem is already high. I don't need to call anyone daddy, even if my father isn't in the home because I know who I am. So we're starting young. The traffickers are starting young, so we're starting young. And we run this program through middle school and also going into the high schools. It has been a phenomenal journey because one, esteem building, knowing who you are, the traffickers are looking for and it's not to slight anyone, Twenty hindsight is always twenty twenty. but the trafficker is looking for someone that they can mold. And if they're, they're looking for the slow, they're looking for, there's something about that person that they, they're looking for, there's something about that person that they can manipulate. You must have force, fraud, and coercion. And the, there's a law enforcement shining star that speaks of pimp radar and that through the pimp's eyes through the traffickers eyes they can see something in a in that vulnerable person that can be manipulated and it's it's a journey it's not a sprint there are some snatch and grabs but what we see 
most of the time is a person that has been watched, a person that has, we, they've, the trafficker has spent time with them. They get to know the nuances. They get to know the family life and the conversation that's going on within that intimate nucleus because then there's coercion. They can use that against the person at once they're under their thumb. So Dana, you refer to Laura as a survivor leader. What does that mean? It was necessary to move the victim from, it's, it's optimal knowing that a victim can become a survivor. But being a survivor in this life, we know can mean continuing to sell your body. It can mean the ride from running to getting to the bus station, surviving. It could mean having to sleep underneath a car just so that you will not be touched that night or that day. Survival isn't enough. Survival for many people means going from one paycheck to the next. So it's important for me to continue to work with the individuals in a way that they see themselves strong, that they see themselves thriving. Everyone wants to thrive. And I believe it's important with, from the survivor leaders that we're working with so that the edges are smooth and they're assimilated into society where you don't have the stench of they're just a whore or they're a prostitute or, or they're just whatever they were called, but they're more than that. What I love about Laura's story and where she is now is that she says that she's going to change the world. That's why it's important for me, not just a survivor, but a survivor leader, someone that is making a difference with what they have. So I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about some of the challenges or challenges or barriers that you experience in your work. I know one thing that comes up in our discussions here is how the media portrays victims of human trafficking, you know, um, where they call, you know, 13-year-old girls prostitutes. That's a very good segue because the media, we began to vet them. They wanted the story. They wanted to know what was going on. We were the interviewers first. Why do you want the story? How, what are your questions? How are you going to present? What do you know so that the survivors are not re-victimized? They make it look like, I remember the first time I spoke and I, um, my, my family had, um, I didn't even know I was in a newspaper. I never authorized it to even be in a newspaper. And my cousin, he said, when I come out the front door, I look down and I see you on the front page. And he gave me the paper. I still have the paper. And it says, it's be, and after reading it, it made me sound like all oh, this poor little black girl from the hood. First off, you didn't cap the whole story. And in my story, it clearly tells you that I'm the, I was the only black girl that he had. Everyone else was different colors, white, Indian, Mexican, Puerto Rican. I was the only black girl. Let's make that clear. You know, and I was so mad um, being in a newspaper, and you made me sound like um, 
you're trying to make me, f- like, for people to feel sorry for me. When I tell my story, I want no one to feel sorry for me. I want, some, I want you guys to get the message um, behind my story because that ain't who I am today. That's, that's what happened. But when you tell the story, tell the story right. And I was so mad because I was in the newspaper and the media had took this story and they made it, it made people feel so sorry for me. Like, I'm not telling my story for people to feel sorry for me. Um, I had enough of that, um, and I've dealt with that internally, and I just want to be able to get my message across as she's standing, she's strong, she has her head up high, and she told her story, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's very important. We we began because everyone didn't have the the same intentions. And early on if you don't if you really didn't understand the plight of human trafficking, then it's you stayed in this position of maybe she was there of her own volition. So we had to change the narrative. We worked with the media. I I think that the media is doing a very good job now because they understand, and they're understanding the plight of human trafficking. So kudos there. So are the people who sit on the Human Trafficking Task Force of Greater Milwaukee kind of from all those different areas working on the issue of human trafficking? Yes, and it has been magical. Every month I'm thinking the agenda is full and the room is full. And that's just something that I'm just thankful for. I'm thankful because people care and they want to make a difference. And so we have individuals from law enforcement, from other social services. We have grandmothers. We have survivor leaders. We have, uh, oh, politicians, just people from the university and um, the medical field. With, there was a doctor that was coming to the task force early on. She came to learn. She said that they were seeing about five victims a year. Now through education, they're seeing three to five a week because they know what to look for. So they were probably seeing them before, but just didn't understand or exactly. didn't know. Exactly. There was a law, a detective, who challenged, um, challenged Martha saying, human trafficking is not in our city. And as a detective, he then had to come back when he was cracking a case up for Tavern that was running some illegal activity and apologized. He said, I've been seeing this all along. So it's just the power of awareness and knowing what to look for that has made a difference in how we're policing, how we see individuals that may be on the street. And now there's a new game. You can just go to Backpage. They don't, there are individuals that do not walk the street. And that's the online, kind of a Craigslist, but exactly. a site for, is it specific to human trafficking or, or prostitution or kind of well, Anything. they don't call it either. It's, you right. know, like an escort they service. They just give him massages. Right. Oh, okay. okay. Right. But oh. we know that law enforcement finds many people that they're looking for, and, and missing and exploited, the missing and exploited organizations find many people on Backpage. And I hate that. 
I really hate that. And even some of the papers in our city, when you go to their back pages, it looks the same. I'm thinking we have to do a better job. So you mentioned that Wisconsin is a hub and that Milwaukee is considered the Harvard of pimp school. Why? It's an underground system. So you're going to go where it's not as obvious. It's, it may be a little more obvious in your fast-moving cities, but it can grow and take root in a place where it's unsuspecting. There, if you go into your archives, there's a documentary called Pimps Up, Hose Down that was filmed here in Milwaukee. Part of that documentary speaks of a player's ball. The player's ball, balls, took place across the country, but they were hosted here in Milwaukee every year. And it was during that time where, again, if you're just thinking that she's just a prostitute, she wants to be there because of, of her own volition, then you, you think of her differently. You don't consider force, fraud, and coercion. And I was speaking with someone who was describing being in the life and how imperative it is. You don't show up with showing your depression. You don't show up showing your PTSD. You don't show up with your trauma. You show up like you like it, that you're enjoying it. So when you look at a person and they say, well, why won't they just leave? Well, we know we have renegades, and renegades are individuals that are, are constantly looking to leave. But there's an invisible fence, because that could mean your life. We know of a woman whose trafficker said, the only way out is for you to jump. We know of another woman who, when she was inside, he chained her in a closet. We know of others that, I mean, the, the story goes on and on and being a renegade, your teeth being pushed out, being burned. Um, and then the psychological exactly too. He makes you feel like, he, like you need him. Like there's nobody else and you need, you need me. And then in the sense of you being with that person, it makes, it really have you feeling like, I really need this person. I have nothing else to go back to. So it's like a feeling of, of, of needing, of yes. needing someone to love you and needing someone to just be there, a sense of family, you know, um, and that's what a pimp would provide, a sense of family. I like to try and give somebody who's listening to these podcasts some sort of action item, some sort of takeaway, because people are going to listen to this and think, oh, my God. What can I do? How can I help? What can a person do? What can a person do that sees this as an ill that they would like eradicated in their neighborhoods? One, it's important to know the truth and to begin to share the truth with your neighbors, those that you have influence with, those that you can have a conversation with. I would tell the individuals at the, at the task force, we don't need to embellish a thing. Just tell the truth. Also, knowing the facts, that this is happening all over. 
that there isn't one face that you can say that person, that's a human trafficking victim. They look like you and I. Also, the compassion that is needed not to judge. That, that the, victim, the victims need a safe place to land. And then using your influence. If, you have, if you're a judge, talking to your judge friends. If you're a doctor, educating those in your environment. If you're community activists, getting people galvanized so that alongside of the work that you may already be doing, if you can add this layer so that it's n not jaw-dropping every time a person hears it, when, so that our society really does have the understanding that it's happening right here in our city. It's happening in our state. And anyone can be, become a victim. There was a woman that shared with me that her trafficker groomed her for four years. Another woman that said that she was making six figures. So it happens all across the board. Well, Dana World Patterson and Laura Johnson, thank you for sitting down with us today and for um, all the work that you do, Laura, for sharing your story and for you know the, the great influence that I'm sure you have on a lot of young women and, and Dana, of course, for all the work you do with the task force and with um, Foundations for Freedom. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. To learn more about the work being done in Milwaukee around human trafficking, take a look at the blog accompanying this episode. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Shimke, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. To learn more about United Way, visit our website, unitedwaygmwc.org.